we bring you greetings from Reno County, where the sun shines every day. <laughs> so, um, well, we have something to talk about since we've been redeemed. <laughs> We have something to talk about, praise God. And uh, we don't have to be ashamed to say it. We don't have to be ashamed of what we believe. Um, I, uh, I just marvel how God has worked in my lifetime. I uh, have, um, God has really been good to us. Uh, I was married 61 and a half years when my wife passed away in 2020, of uh, April 2020. And uh, it was pretty hard on me. Um, I had no idea how much work it was to cook <laughs> and uh, do my laundry. Uh, but you know, it didn't derail me. My wife's prayer was that she could go before they have to take care of her. She was five and a half years old and I was, she was 86 at the time. And so, you know, she was 88 and um, so, I had no problem accepting the fact the Lord answered her prayer. I felt the Lord was saying, Eli, you've had her 61 and a half years, now let me take her, grant her wish, and bless her for her faithfulness. And uh, I talked to my children about the possibility of, after a while, of maybe finding someone else, and they didn't think there was much chance. <laughs> and uh, my age and my condition, <laughs> But I, <coughs> I left it up to the Lord. Yes. And I've always said, trusting means relaxing. Yes. Hello? Yes. Amen. It means relaxing. And uh, I was relaxed. <coughs> I was relaxed about the situation. I had a buddy that went out to Phoenix, Arizona for ten, 10 days and came back and told some stories of some things that he did. Sounded kind of interesting. <clears throat> so I decided, well, why don't I travel while I can? So I went out for 10 days to Ash Court for the Mennonite stayed, and met this widow lady from Idaho. Talked to her about five minutes, and I said, huh, well, this is wonderful what the Lord has for me. No revelation, no big feelings about it. And I asked somebody about her, said, oh, you couldn't go wrong there. I came home and talked to my children about it. And uh, pretty soon they got enthused. And uh, so we'll call her, see what she says. So I called her, and well, she said, I talked to my children. Well, the Lord had it all planned. Here she was from a doctor brother background. I'm from a Vichy Amish background. I never saw her before, never heard of her before. And I called her, and four months later, Four months and four days later, I was out in Idaho for the wedding. In our age, when God puts the pieces together, you don't mess around. <laughs> Amen. And I always said that when God says it's not good for the man, man to be alone, he didn't specify age. And so, praise God. And we are happy. But I tell you what, even while I was by myself, I did a lot of singing. I called up old people, you know, and sang for them, shut-ins. And I was blessed. I was blessed. I mean, and I got, I, uh, I had quite a year in 2020. 
I had uh, rotocuff surgery in February and uh, had my arm in a sling for six weeks. And just uh, on Friday, I took my arm out of the sling and I tied my own shoes. And Saturday morning when I got up, my wife passed away in her sleep. Saturday morning when we got up, why, she was gone. She, she passed away in her sleep. And I could tie my own shoes. The Lord waited for that. No big thing, but one of them little blessings the Lord gives you. And, um, but, and then I got, uh, started having problems. I thought it might be COVID. And ended up that I, my aorta valve was leaking. And it caused all kinds of wrong heartbeats and things. And uh, he, he said, uh, I said, well, what if I don't do anything about it? He said, well, you'll be dead in two, two years. I said, well, then, that wouldn't all be bad. He said, well, not, you'll only be dead, but you'll be going in and out of the hospital gasping for breath. And my children said, well, are you enjoying life enough? Do you want to go ahead and do it? And I said, well, well sure. I said, I wasn't quite ready to quit. Um, I was, I know people say, well, life can get good again, but life was good. I mean, you know, if you, if you bless other people, you are going to be re-blessed. You're going to be blessed more. And so, um, anyhow, I had the surgery and it was successful. I got COVID and got through that one. And so, through all those, God, I mean, I came out the victor. I came out on top because uh, God is doing the blessing. It wasn't just me. Um, Psalm 103, verse 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth your mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. Then Isaiah 40, the verse 31 and 32, I believe it is, uh, is he, I, I give, he gives strength to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases, he, incre, uh, he, he increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. Now, how does that, how does that relate? How, do you, how does an 86-year-old man relate to that? Where do we come in on that? Run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Well, I can't walk very far without being faint. Back to Hartman for me to walk. I think Paul had the answer to that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. He said, take heart. Though the outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That's a blessing. The inward man is renewed day by day. And that's really what counts. That's really what counts. And uh, <clears throat> as we look at this, let's turn to John 16, 21 and 22. It talks about the women childbearing. He says,
John 16, verse 21. A woman, when she is in labor, and when, she, when her hour comes, but as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no, lo- she, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, now you have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and, <clears throat> and, your, and, and your joy no one can take from you. You know, I, uh, that is really, it, uh, talk about joy. And then in 1 Peter, what our brother, brother read this morning, he said, as we get, uh, well, let's, let, let's look at that again. Let's turn to 1 Peter. And by the way, I do have, I do have my a new, I, 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 I have a new King James Version uh, from my prison work, but that was, uh, just went better there, and I've been using that for a long time. But in verse 9, verse, verse 8, Whom having not seen, you love, though now you... Do not see him, yet believing you, re, you rejoice with joy inexpressible or unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And it's, it's talking about the end. You know, really, that, isn't that what we're working for? I mean, we're, we all want to go to glory, but we want to take as many people with us as we can and be an encouragement to other people as we go. But it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Help, me, help us sing that. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. How many years can we sing that? How many, how many, how many years? We're talking about 2,000 years maybe that. You know, they started singing that. And, uh, but you know, it never grows old. And uh, I tell you what, folks, we're on the winning team. We can't lose for winning. <laughs> we're on the winning team. We got it made. They might take our life from us, but they cannot touch us. They cannot let touch Jesus. They cannot take Jesus from us. In fact, I have something here I want to read to you. From the voice of the martyrs, this church, they were having church, and the ISIS moved in on them. A whole bunch of ISIS came in and lined the people up along the wall. The preacher was still standing up front, and the guy got his pistol out and said, I'm going to start shooting them one by one. And the people were terrified. Two of the, some of the other young children Grab, ran up and grabbed the preacher's, uh, the wife's church, uh, wife's dress and tore some of her, some of her clothes. She was so terrified. And the minister says, uh, John says, I was just about to run down to, to go toward my congregation. And um, this is what he says. Uh, John said it was about to go towards his congregation when amid the chaos God gave him a vision of heaven I saw heaven open and heard the angels sing he said 
compelled by the heavenly vision, he yelled, God is welcoming us. Be at peace. We're going to heaven. And the people settled down. Uh, they unexpected response by the imminent death, threat of death caused a reverent hush to follow the congregation. All the people stood crying and ready, ready to meet the Savior. John explained, they could feel the presence of God. If you read the Bible, when Stephen is dying, he's not crying for, for the stones to quit stop, but he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God, not sitting, standing at the right hand of God. And uh, they, it, it threw the ashes off, off guard. They couldn't, they couldn't believe the, 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 they didn't know how to handle it, the calm that came over the people. And one shout, shouted that, this is Islam country, <laughs> kind of like a defense. But you know, it wasn't Islam country. They ransacked the church house and threatened them. Don't ever step back in this church or we're going to kill you. The next Sunday morning, they all went back to church. And they still had church, even in the ransacked house. Folks, we're, we're on the winning team. We're on the winning team. And it's just, I've, I've said that in prison a lot. And they may see like we're behind for sometimes in the game, but we're, we're on the winning team. And we can rest assured about that. Now, um, as well, I, some of the songs, one of the two, two songs I really sang a lot when I was by myself. And one is Peace, Perfect Peace, and um, one was Count Your Many Blessings. So many times we count, um, we don't count our blessings. We take things for granted. When things don't go well, we pray for rain, we pray for this and that. But count your many blessings. And uh, let's turn to that song, 483. In fact, I titled my message, Joy and Peace. Joy and peace. Well, all right. Peace, perfect peace. In this dark world of sin, the blood of Jesus whispers peace within. Peace, perfect peace, by throning duties pressed to do the will of Jesus, this is rest. Peace, perfect peace, with sorrows surging round on Jesus, bosom not but calm is found. Peace. 
perfect peace, our future all unknown. Jesus, we know when He is on the Lights will be on up here. Is this? I'm just. It's just a little dark for me here. Um, in this dark peace, perfect peace. In this dark world of sin, the blood of Jesus whispers peace within. What does the blood of Jesus have to do with peace? You know, if everything's under the blood, can we have peace without that? Really, we, have, we really can't have peace without everything being under the blood. And I listened to Flight Final song, narration from you know, some youth were narrating it. And it has some jet noise and talks about the last flight to heaven, last, last flight final. And he said some you know, people were singing and they were expecting to go on this last flight. And he stepped up to one fellow and said, let me see your ticket. And said, everything was on there, but it was stamped by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I thought, well, how sad would it be if not everything was stamped? If we wouldn't have come up with everything. I mean, you know, sometimes we have some things in our closet that we want to leave there. But you know, if we were going to have it stamped by the blood of Jesus Christ, we're going to have to give it to him, aren't we? I mean, it clear everything, everything clear. And we have that, then we have that peace. We have that peace. And the next verse, by throning duties pressed. I'd look up the word throning in the dictionary. And, you know, you kind of get the picture of just press, things pressing in on you. Just, and you know, us Mennonites and I think brethren too have a tendency to be all be busy, don't we? Everybody's busy. Busy in what? <laughs> busy with making a living. Um, but I was always worked hard. I'm not only an old man, but I got high miles on it. Mm -hmm. And some rough miles. I always worked hard. And I didn't give my family attention as I should have. I, I, I have a little advice for you husbands. Don't wait till you get in your 70s before you start spending more time with your wife. Start listening to her, hear her, and uh, I say, listen to her, not with an open book in front of you or the newspaper in front of you, but listen and uh, find out what you know. It's it's just it really it, it's been a it was a blessing to learn that, and Clara Ann gets some of that some of that blessing too now that I've learned that before before I met her. But uh, you know it's 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 sad if we have to wait too long to do that. But uh, by throwing duties pressed to do the will of Jesus, this is rest. Mm -hmm. 
And um, what is the will of Jesus? I think it's well for us to remember that we are his hands and feet. When he, when he came, he said, um, he came to heal the brokenhearted, to minister to the needy. And, uh, and I think that that falls on us now because we are his hands and feet. And how well do we do that in that? And I just uh, got involved in, in the prison work actually 45 years ago. It was a real blessing to me. And one thing I learned, uh, as I spent, I had, I had a, a special privilege in our prison at home because after I was there for quite a while, I could go in any time of my own time and talk to fellows one-on-one. And that was really, and I, I, I was amazed at the power of the listening ear. Sometimes we talk to people and we assume what they need. But when you really sit down and listen to them, and, and if you listen to it for an hour, a lot of times they talk themselves out of it, or they have their own answers. Uh, sometimes we don't really, you know, like the little boy, boy, boy scout boy, he went out and he came back and said, well, I did my good deed for the day. And his shirt was torn and had her hair must tussled up and messed up. And they said, well, what'd you do? He said, well, I let, let a little old lady across the street. Well, why you look the way you look? Well, she didn't want to go. <laughs> and he let her cross anyhow. <laughs> How often do we do that? We assume what needs are and we want to get something done, you know, do it right. But what are the needs? And what happens if someone has all the answers? I've asked that question for a long time. Some fool comes along and asks the wrong question. But you know, a fellow was kind of known for that. I knew him, didn't know him well, but I knew him that well. And I started saying something. He said, I know what you're only going to say. And he took off and he told me what I, he elaborated what, I, what he thought I was going to say. Well, he wasn't even on track. And I'm not, I'm not right. And I said, no, you missed it. Well, what were you going to say? I said, I'm not going to tell you. So you cut in and said, you, you cut me off. He said, but boy, he baked. I said, I wouldn't do it. I know the Holy Spirit has to do the work, but sometimes the Holy Spirit needs some help too. But uh, I, just, I, just, I, I wouldn't tell him. I said, you're one of these guys that have all the answers. That here's all the answers. Now, now, what was the question anyhow? He said, no, not really. I said, yeah, really. I don't know if I helped him or not, but I, I bet he didn't forget me. But, you know, it, you don't do that. You don't do that. We shouldn't do that. <laughs> it, you know, it's easier for us to do that than we realize. But when you really talk to them and find out, there was one fellow that uh, got out of prison. I knew him. I knew his name. I knew his face. But I didn't know him. I never spent time with him. Got out of prison. I helped him uh, get an get a, a, a apartment. And... Uh, he PV'd in, within eight months, he had a parole violation, and went back in. And he was in and out, he was in and out of prison for all his life. I mean, he was 60 years old. He's been in and out since he was 18. And I tell you what, we don't even have any idea how some of these fellows grew up. He was with his dad, and his dad would beat him up. 
He went over to his sister's place. She said, I don't want you here because your dad find out you're here and beat both of us up. So he went over to his mom's place, lived in the same town. And mom said, uh, well, you can stay overnight, but I want you back. All he experienced all his life was rejection. And then when he found out, you know, when it started going with women, and he thought that was love. And he actually became a sex addict and just turned it down. And I, as when, he, when he got back in, I started spending time with him. For two and a half years, I tried to spend at least one hour a week with him. And the longer I listened, the more I listened to him, the more, the deeper he got. And he actually got to see his own problems. And after two and a half years, he was paroled and stayed out. He's been about four years now. He never was out over a year. And, you know, if you can help one person, isn't that worth it all? They're worth a one soul. And I have found, as you sat there and listened, and wonder where in the world are we going to go with this, listen to them and pray. And listen and pray. Listen and pray. And what God will give you, the Holy Spirit will give you something that will just fit the bill. Even to the fact that it's, wow, man, that hit. You know, it sees it. I mean, it, and you wouldn't even remember what she said the next day. You don't have it. Don't pull it out of your own pocket. And sometimes we try to do the work of the Holy Spirit. I tried to, you know, sometimes we just always had to help people. Well, if you want something, something that deters peace is try to change someone. Try to change someone if you want to lose your peace. Because if somebody doesn't want to change, you can't help someone if they don't want help. And uh, there's one other thing that has really helped me in my lifetime is if I'm not part of the problem or part of the solution, don't lose your peace over it. Sometimes we take things on ourselves that have no business with. We're not part of the problem or part of the solution. And we get all upset and we get riled up. And uh, it's no use if we're not part of the problem or part of the solution. So uh, the second verse, uh, with sorrows surging around. And I found out that even in sorrow and grieving, you still have that joy. Right in the middle of that, you still have that joy. Uh, and I, I praise God for that. The, the third verse we sang, our future all unknown, Jesus we know, and he is on the throne. And like the black preacher said, he's not going to resign, and they're not going to impeach him. I like that. Jesus is not going to resign, and they're not going to impeach him. In fact, what's going to happen at the last? It says he'll come riding on a horse. A sharp sword goes out, smite the nations. The first time he came uh, as a servant. The next time it comes as a judge. And no one's going to stop him. We have a lot of anti-God in our nation anymore. Anti-God. But the time will come when they'll cry for their rocks and mountains to hide them from the wrath of God. They'll cry for the rocks and mountains to fall on them, cover them up. Um, 
are then as we can, but let's talk a little bit about helping people. I really like the discussion this morning. Uh, it just, uh, but I have tried more and more to simply encourage others. You know, you meet people in a store, Walmart, grocery stores, look them in the face and have a smile. And I've been amazed at simply when you say, how's your day going? Well, pretty good. And sometimes they might even say, not very good. Uh, somebody asked me, how's the world treating you? I said, not very good. But I said, God's good. He said, well, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but we need to speak more like that. Just, you know, here and there. We don't have to speak at them. But, you know, you know, just tell about how you feel about it. What the Lord has done for you. You know, uh, like a testimony. I can never quite explain how my blessed Savior came. Came and took my sins all away. I only know he came to me, came one day and set me free, living in my heart to stay. Now he is everything to me, He's all, he, always will, he always will be all I ever need. He's living in my heart, never to depart, he's everything to me. You know, I mean, you know, really, he's there. Maybe I lied just a little bit because I needed a woman, a wife, but uh, I wasn't, it wasn't a life and death matter. But you know, really, I'm, we, we just need to thank God every day for what he's done for us in Christ Jesus. You know, really, and, and he gives us that strength in the work of the Holy Spirit. I, um, in my uh, prison work, uh, I hadn't been down for several years in 2017, they had the 40th, 40th celebration for the 40th revival. And I went back down for that. And I spoke to the group that went in the Montgomery area. I spoke to the volunteers that went in, probably close to 100, 100 volunteers there in that group. And I used the illustration that let's not try to do the work of the Holy Spirit. And I told a story about this, this um, old mountaineer had a, was, of course, cutting firewood with, a cross-cut saw, and they want to sell him a chainsaw. Old story, some of my stories get pretty old. But anyhow, uh, they finally bought a chainsaw. And they showed him how to tighten the chain and, you know, and everything. And, but didn't show him how to start it. And he brought it back several days later and said, I can cut more wood with my cross-cut with that thing. So it was, what in the world? That didn't sound right. And so they cranked up the motor and he jumped back. What's that sound? He didn't know it had a motor. He was trying to cut wood. He was having problems. And, you know, I said, really, the motor is the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work. I mean, sure, you hold the chainsaw. But the, don't try not to um, do the work of the Holy Spirit. Let the motor, I've, I've seen people buffing cars, you know, instead of buffing like this, they go... Well, you're going to rub, you're going to rub it. Well, forget your buffer. I mean, you know, it, let, let your buffer do the work. Let the, change, let the motor do the work. Well, anyhow, one of, the ladies came, one of the ladies came to me afterward and said, you're sure not as dumb as you look. 
I thanked her. <laughs> and uh, um, that was just my cane. But I, I, I've been around long enough, I know what you meant. She really was trying to say, you didn't fit the box I put you in. Don't we have a habit of putting people in boxes when we first meet them? You know, well, she put them in a box that didn't fit. Uh, and that's what she was saying. I got, some, I, got, I got some mileage out of it. I preached in prison that night, and I told the fellows right up front, so I want to tell you right up front now, in case you don't catch on. Uh, I'm not as dumb as I look. Uh, I got some mileage out of that one. <laughs> but I got their attention. Something I used to use sometimes in prisons was um, if I come in in a new prison, and especially in Alabama, nobody do you, and they kind of looked at me as Amish, and you just feel the wall there. People just like that, you know, where's this guy come from? And I'd get up and say, well, first thing we're going to do, I'm going to teach you a new song, Lost Sheep on the Mountain. And uh, so, uh, so you, I'll sing it through once. It's really easy to learn. And will you help me? That's it. Yeah. So, like this. <laughs> I said, "What? Well, what was the shepherd listening for as he walked up and down the mountains? Charlie, where are you at? Charlie, you little rascal! Always giving trouble. Where are you at? What was he listening for?" What was he listening for? The sheep, the bleeding of the sheep. Hmm? Can't you, can't you make that sound? <laughs> he was listening for that, wasn't he? Bah! That's what he was listening for. And I said, that's kind of like saying, help! Well, I'll tell you what, that's some of the best prayers I've been, probably ever said sometimes. Help! And my dad said, oh, Lord John Deere, one time on end going through a ditch, and the, the fired the wrong time, and that thing set on end. He grabbed the clutch, and as he did, it came back, and the steering column was right, in, steering right here, and the steering wheel bent forward, and sitting there, and a blip, 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 blip. Still, he couldn't shut it off because it took two hands to shut it off. But he hollered for help. Did he holler? Do you think he said it loud enough he was afraid people might hear it? <laughs> How do you think he hollered? As loud as he could. And somebody a half mile away heard him and came to help him. <coughs> and you know what? Sometimes we get pretty bashful. Sometimes we get afraid we even say amen for people are preaching. Is that right? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not used to it. Somebody says amen, look around, who, was that? who, who did that? But I tell you what, in prison, uh, they preach it, brother. I kind of like saying sick them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And uh, it's just, the first time I went to prison, a fellow was sitting there, and he'd say, well, well, I liked kind of like that, you know, he was, he was with it. He was just, well, I'll be, you know, it just, well, I think, um, let's, let's remember this, um, Paul, testimony. In 2 Timothy 4, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And henceforth there is for me a crown of righteousness waiting 
from the righteous judge, which will, which will give me the crown of life and all those that love his appearing. And I tell you what, let's serve in a way that we can say, I have fought the fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And I tell you what, it's important to keep the faith. I, uh, to keep the faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For first, we must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you know, not everybody that starts out good ends up good. There's no guarantee. I don't know how old, how old do you think we can get till we can relax? I think as long as we're alive, we better keep hold the oar and keep rowing. We'll work till Jesus comes. And how, what a different testimony he had than what Solomon had. Ecclesiastes 1 and 2. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. I tried everything. I had servants born in my house. I had wood, I had swimming, I had big water pools to water the trees and all he, everything he had. And everything his heart wanted, he gave it to him. But then he said, it's all a bunch of baloney. Even silver, silver was like stone. It had to be gold, everything gold-plated. And the houses he built, and the walls he gold-plated, and some for his wives, and it just, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a very poor commentary for a, a wise man who had a, he went, who actually acted very foolishly. And um, I'd like to sing the um, four, four oh, no, 504. Uh, you know, let's keep the faith. Let's keep the faith and uh, trust. <clears throat> it is well with my soul. Stafford wrote this. I understand that one of his children had passed away. And then his, I think, I guess the ship went down. And he got a telegram. Um... Everything lost, but the wife, wife, was, wife made it. And when he went out, I understand that when he went out across the ocean, at, at, this, at this point where his daughters got drowned, he started penning this song. And uh, let's just notice the words of that. <clears throat> when peace like a river Doth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul, it is well.
my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trial should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own with 
my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. Now let's sing the chorus again and say, is it well with my soul? Check on ourselves. Is it well with my soul? It is well. Is it well with my soul? Folks, if we mess up, fess up. If we mess up, fess up. Bring it to the Lord. And thanks be to God for the victory we have in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord.